This is the show before the show. This is, the show. <laughs> is that what we should do instead of a post show like most groups do now? Should we do a pre-show, which is just our inane ramblings as we try to figure out what the hell we're going to do for the episode? <laughs> this is like the good mythical more, but it's before. That is exactly. Good mythical before. That no, is, but they don't do a before show. They do a show and then the after show. Did you miss the entire first sentence I said? Because <laughs> that is exactly what I said. Instead of a post show, it's a pre-show. Like almost word for word what I said. Sorry, I didn't hear what you're saying. I'm ordering pizza. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Lunch Buffet Pod. I'm going to say that one more time. <clears throat> Let me get this phlegm out of my goddamn esophagus. Let me get this phlegm out of my goddamn asparagus. Get that dick out of your mouth. Hey, I haven't talked to Richard in three weeks. And I would like to leave. I would uh, stay out of my... Shut up. Okay. <laughs> hey everybody, and welcome back to the Lunch Buffet Podcast. My name is Alejandro. I'm Herky Jerky. And we're here to sell you some real estate. It's free. <laughs> Why would you sell something that's free? <laughs> it's free real estate. Psst. It's free real estate. <laughs> okay, hang on. So I saw a thing where it was like memes then and memes now, and I forget what the memes then was, but it might have been like a rage comic or something like that. And then memes now, it was the, is this a blank <laughs> meme? Yeah. But the guy's face had a really shittily photoshopped like just snake on it. The butterfly was a pair of boots, and instead of like uh, it saying, is this like whatever, it was just a picture of the it's free real estate. <laughs> the the one I saw was one of those like, you know, uh, bad luck, Eric, or what, what was the guy's oh, name? Oh, bad luck, Brian. Bad luck, Brian. It was one of those like memes then, and then memes now was like a, like a renaissance painting style picture of a, of congress like swarming around someone and at the center was photoshopped in was yoda and he was saying <laughs> p is stored in the balls <laughs> and that was like 2015 and i'm just i'm just glad to see how memes have evolved because i never expected this kind of shit like you know there was surrealism humor and that was called youtube poop it was like the yeah edits of yeah. tv shows and video games and it was everyone wrote it off okay and now it predates youtube poop but um the, the next pathfinder session we're gonna have to show you um the gi joe shit at the, at the if it's at the same level as that um the pork chop sandwiches get the fuck out of here the chicken um the chicken song the chicken man oh no that's an original work no, i know it's original it's originally the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, okay, so some for those of you who don't know, um, Andres' character in our new campaign is a bard, and we joked that his bard build should be, he should be the 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 old Japanese guy from the Chicken Attack music video by Shmo Yoho. Go chicken, go. So for context, go this man go. is a very is a like world class yodeler. Yeah, like he is world renowned for his yodeling. Oh, he's fantastic. But he is also known for yodeling almost entirely about chickens and only yeah. chickens. So they went to Japan and they made a music video where he sings about chickens and chicken attack. And we've declared that he's basically a bard that took the um, the feet that lets him get a familiar. And he took a familiar that was a chicken. Mm -hmm. And then he does some other... Be like, like, there are ways to actually like mimic him in Pathfinder. I... 
look, if I if my character dies, you're gonna come back as a different bard who has a chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, so for those who don't know, I'm currently playing in a campaign that Matt is DMing. And we dungeon just had mastering. our first session. Game mastering, dungeon mastering. Either one works. Uh, he's G G slash DMing this um campaign, and Sliding my character right into everyone's DMs. Yeah, and I'm playing as a bard, an Aerosong minstrel, uh, who eventually will become an Aerosong minstrel. Well, you are, you are an Aerosong minstrel from yeah, but I, but I don't have the Aerosong part of my you do skill set. Well, I don't have the skill like to let me shoot the magical bow. You don't have the spell strike bit, but you do have. It's already kicked in because remember those extra spells you got to take from the wizard and sorcerer spell list. Yeah. That's Aerosong Minstrel. Okay, so I'm I'm in all respects starting a- that. Aerosong Minstrel is not one thing; it's an archetype that gives you multiple things. Okay, you just so haven't I, got I'm, the big one yet. So I'm getting there. I have so I have some of them. I'm going mm-hmm. to acquire more of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm playing a bard. Uh, his name is Cass. I yeah. really like his origin story because oh yeah, the original one was like a weird like dark. I like how I added just that one little thing, and it it added so much flavor. Well, I added the I added the sun part of it. No, but I like how me just tacking on a name to that <laughs> completely changed it. Also, I want to say thank you for calling me out at the party when they're like, "This motherfucker wrote a story for his." Yeah, and I hand you a two page like printout of my backstory compared to some people who were, whose backstory was like a single sentence. Well, you wanted knives, and I, I like and I like writing. So I did. Yeah. No, th- honestly. This is what I was hoping for. Your backstory is what I was hoping everyone's backstory would be. Yes. So, uh, I, I didn't want to go go to my Let's backstory basically, but hearing about yours made Garrett step up his. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, Garrett. Garrett knows about mine. Like, well, now he does. Oh, well, now he knows. Like, like yours was like I was like, dude, his like I was describing how we came up with yours, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, interesting. The next morning, I wake up to like six texts from being like, hey, I want to add all this stuff to my backstory. Because <laughs> I just, I you gave me this thing. So there's this thing called Knife Theory, which is basically yes. the tools that a GM or game master, dungeon master uses to like pull the story along. And it's like details from the character's backstory that you can turn into a future event kind of they, stuff. They are called knives because the player lovingly forges them and then hands them to the DM so the DM can stab the player with them. Yeah. And I, I, my original one was like my character already completed a whole arc yeah. and was like at the end of his and about to start a new one. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, 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 no. Think of it like a TV show. This is episode one. Yeah. Where do you go? So I, yeah. I think my pitch was pretty good. Basically, I'm a bard who like ran away from abusive father, mother, nowhere you, to be seen. You, you got some trauma. You yeah. got some, some. And there's a spice. Yeah. And I basically like become I, I was about I'm pretty much gonna go into the army. Was trained my whole life to be in the military kind of thing. Ran away at my 18th birthday. Tried to do like the music business, you know, like the mm-hmm. equivalent of the music business in the fantasy world. Uh, failed. Ended up becoming like a uh, bouncer for a tavern, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I get picked up by a bard who's like, "Hey, help me be my bodyguard for my last tour, and I'll retire and teach you everything I know." Uh, right after he finishes the tour, he gets an incident, fall like gets robbed, falls over. And was go finish finish first. Uh, falls like pretty much. I I imagine that he falls down several flights of stairs, but just enough stairs that he only loses his memory and does not actually die. So now he, his he lost like the last ten years tears, last ten years of his memory. I'll say like maybe more more of it. He has no talents anymore. He can't. He doesn't know how to play. But he thinks that I'm his son, and named uh, Peter. Named Peter. So my, my character takes over his identity as the bard. 
as the the musician that he plays because he plays as a mass a mask like bard. Buckethead or any of those. And my character spins that into like a vigilante. So his name mm-hmm. is Masquerade. He wears the mask that the singer the bard did, but he like plays bard to try and like he pretty much goes out to like do good in the world to prevent that happening to anyone else. Yeah, and if you really yeah. want to play up the vigilante bit, there's literally a vigilante class. Yeah. Oh, there was the oh I forgot I didn't pick my um my drawbacks and traits. No. I never picked them. Yeah, you did. No. I don't remember we picking them. We discussed them. Uh, what did I pick? I can't remember. I'll have to yeah. talk about it later. That'll be um, on your character sheet. Um, I could have sworn, because yeah. I remember there is one, I wanted to take a third one because you would let me take a drawback. You would well, let me take a third one if I picked a drawback. That's not me letting, that's the rules of the game. The, oh. the rules of the game say, if you take a drawback, you can pick a third trait. Oh. I thought it was like you being like, no, hey, buddy, go ahead. No, no, that's that's, like, that's the game rules. Get an extra plate. Go to Otherwise, the buffet. Otherwise, there is no upside to taking a drawback, only a downside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it would make it interesting. It would. But that depends if you're into like role playing, like the story parts mm-hmm. of it. If you're just into like, new combat only, which I'm I'm like, I'm focused like 60% on story, yeah. but I also want to get better at combat. So I want to try and yeah. do that later on. Anyways. Yeah. I'm very excited. My first campaign that I'm starting like from the beginning instead yep. of joining in halfway through. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I definitely did not write it all in the like wee hours of the morning <laughs> right beforehand. Dude, how do you think I felt when I tried to like do my own uh, campaign yeah. all those years ago? Yeah. And and I was like, um, I have a map and a town. And that's about it. Yeah. Oh, no. I have a whole continent and I can name about four cities on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> my whole... I don't know why I didn't mean for this to be a dungeon D&D episode or Pathfinder episode, but that's what happens. My only exposure to D&D before originally doing it playing right now, (laughs) (laughs) the heart of the cards. No, but my only exposure to D&D or Pathfinder or anything like that was Harmontown because I really Mm -hmm. didn't play D&D. Didn't really RPGs. I played like video games, but no D&D. So when I started listening to Harmontown and they had their D&D sessions, I, Which I didn't. I is never. Is not archetypical D and D. Yeah, he he heavily bends it to fit the um, attention spans it. of he, celebrities. He does things. Uh, he does combat with a tac- or with a technique that's referred to as theater of the mind mm-hmm. instead of like actual. So we don't do theater of the mind. If you noticed, we like I drew out a map and I was like, here is the the, the town market. Here's where all the goblins are. Blah 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 blah. Here's where you assholes are. Go. Yeah. Uh, theater of the mind is how Spencer does it, and it, that's very much just. I'm going to describe in words where you are relative to the enemies. Like, there's no visual component. It's just the, oh, okay, the game yeah. master sitting there. Like, like I said, how Spencer does it. Yeah, and that was my only exposure to it. So when I mm-hmm. when I did a campaign and I tried to like I tried to do theater of the mind while most players at the table were used to the regular system, like the the way that we were doing it at the yeah. like I think it was um our friend it's, Michael. Yep, theater of the mind is not a common practice. Yeah. And that that was my only exposure. So when I was like, I want to start a campaign and I started trying to do theater of the mind, I immediately got like, well, no, there's like other things involved and I didn't know about it. So yeah. I got like thrown into like, oh, well, I didn't know that the turn orders and stuff. Like you, you still have to be yeah for theater of the mind. You have to be very familiar with the rules and you have to have a, you have to be very good at keeping track in your head of, OK, how many feet away is the enemy from the players and yeah. things like that. So that way they can because the rules still apply. Players can still only move 20, 30 feet per turn. Yeah. So they got to know, hey, how many feet away am I? Can I make it to that guy in one turn? Or do I need to spend two turns getting there? Mm-hmm. It really is like something special when you hear Spencer do D&D 
Because he does it pretty well. Well, he also simplified the living crap out of it to make it easier for them. Yeah. But yeah, it's um that's that's so I pretty much switched from trying to do my own campaign to playing in someone else's campaign mm-hmm. and then just making my own video game. Yeah. Where I don't have to worry about theater of the mind because it's literally on the screen. Yep. Um yeah. To be fair, some of the best games ever came from campaigns. Oh yeah, no, I, I Fallout yeah. New Vegas was all of the writers for for Obsidian sat down and played a Fallout campaign and just wrote down everything that happened. Arcade Ganon, uh, I think um, Felicia Day's character, I'm blanking on her name, um, and one or two other companions mm-hmm. were all just straight up uh, PCs from that campaign. Really? Like Arcade Ganon was just straight up someone's character and they're just like, we really like that character, we'll just put him in the game. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then the whole plot Honestly, came about from like the lead writer ran the whole thing and he just he get it was their way of generating ideas plus like a semi-collaborative writing process. It it was very it's it was very interesting to read about just how they basically wrote the game from them playing Fallout D&D. Wow. My god. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that at all. I Yep. I mean, it makes sense and also it's probably why it's my favorite Fallout game. Mhm. Um probably most people's Fallout, favorite Fallout game. But you know the best three D one, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not, let's not talk about seventy six. I haven't even touched it. Yeah. I don't I, know what it's like. I have no intention of picking it up. I mm-hmm. heard they. Uh, so I actually wrote an article for the for Nuke the Fridge about their. They had a Y two K, a mini Y two K. That's right. The 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 something in the code didn't like broke when the new year started. Mm-hmm. So all of the uh, mines, like the the nuke shaft, like silos that had the codes, yep. were all like reset. And like they wouldn't open for another nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine hours, because they I don't know the code didn't like yeah. like twenty eighteen is the only year this game's gonna work kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then, uh, it was, good old Bethesda. Mm-hmm. When I heard that Bethesda was altering their creation engine to be multiplayer and they were just rewriting the code to accommodate more players, I was like, that's not. You have to do a little more work than that to mm-hmm. make an engine that'll work for multiplayer there's so many more components to it and uh look where we are now yep look where we goddamn are that said um at look some at point that goddamn tracy morgan <laughs> there's a tracy morgan cut out of my a room. giant like it, it's it's just tracy morgan's head and it's like a solid three three and a half feet tall oh yeah it's gonna join the uh my the rest of my cardboard cutout collection yeah. Actually, it, more like it's gonna start my collection because those are the only two I have. Yeah. I have I have a like three. Well, you have the Lego Batman one still, don't you? No, we got rid of that. Oh. It, we have the skyline from the thing, so like that's in like our attic, like on the wall. Okay. Like in the cardboard part. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I collect the weird cutouts from the, from my movie theater that they put up. As you should. Yeah, and I get my. Hey, <laughs> um, sister was like, into this, "It's probably too late. Can you get me into the Spider Verse poster?" Um, they've already been called by the employees, unfortunately. Damn. Oh, I wanted to ask you. So, yeah. do you think my my uh, speaking of Fallout and D anD D, do you ever think my high fantasy post apocalyptic game, my my attempt to marry the two, do you think that'll ever get off the ground? Which one? Oh, your um your story that you've been working on? No, the the one where I like kicked the idea around. If I was so f- for context, um, I'm DMing this campaign because I was originally supposed to DM a Fallout campaign. Yeah. However, having dug up the Fallout tabletop rules, um, whoever made them literally just took the source code from 
Fallout 1 and 2, and wherever there was an RNG, just pulled the RNG out and plugged a dice in. Huh. If you wanted to fire a minigun, per the rules, you had to roll 30 dice a turn. Yeah. Mm -mm. And then there was a bunch of like percentage reductions, and they were not easy ones. It wasn't like just, oh, 25, 50, 75%, or 100%. No, it was like 15%, 33%. Uh, 27%. It was it was all weird-ass values that were not easy to mental math. Couldn't you just, like, put together an Excel spreadsheet and just, like, plug in numbers live during the campaign and, like, have it, like, it just could, generate and that, then... It really slows things down, having to sit there and chug numbers. Cause well, it, Excel spreadsheets work pretty fast. Okay, but now I have to do an Excel spreadsheet for 30 projectiles hitting one person. Well, you could just do, like... And then I have to do, like, okay, this person has an armor with this DR... And then this damage threshold, and then this damage, yeah, and then. But you could simplify it, like. Yeah, the thing simplifying it took would have taken a lot of effort, a lot of rewriting of rules. That's what you're talking about. Like, there's, yeah, I remember you. I remember you brought it up because I you told me that you wanted to do it, and then you're looking into it, and then you found it, and you're like, yeah, because we played one session of it, just like a test session. Um, combat was not very balanced. Uh, unlike. D&D and Pathfinder have this semi-useful thing called the CR, which is like a challenge rating. And it's it, it, it's it's not a perfect measure, but it's a halfway decent measure of knowing, okay, is this too much or too easy for my party to handle? Yeah. Um, Fallout didn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I threw a monster at them that in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, in the Fallout games, you fight these pretty early on. They're pretty low level. Uh, two people just straight up could not damage it, period. Uh, like they could only hit it on a nat 20 and God. if even when they hit it had so much armor it just soaked up all the damage yeah that's yeah video games are mm-hmm. different yes and then i would have had to also then figure out a way to port over all of the shit added by fallouts three and four couldn't you have just like had a generic like flat increase to all player damage or like to all all damage the players do and then, like, do the same flat decrease for, like, enemy da- defense. Well, just but to, like, it was the main goal was to reduce the amount of dice needing to be rolled mm-hmm. so that no one had to roll 30 goddamn dice per round. Yeah. And then also to make the math easier, which would require a complete overhaul of how armor works. Why not just do Pathfinder and set it in the Fallout world? Boom. But this is hire me. Fallout, because Pathfinder was inherently built with magic in mind when you strip away magic you're down to like two classes why not just have like replace mad replace spells with perks but like because there's feats feats are perks then replace feats with perks that that's already a, that that's how they work so it's just a name difference so they're different in name only okay um then how but, but about that's the problem and then also um fa- uh pathfinders rules for guns effectively render armor useless um and it's just it's and also the damage scaling for mm-hmm. Pathfinder is built almost entirely off of magic and getting magical items, like level fifteen monsters expect your sword to have like a plus two plus three plus thirty seven enchantment yeah. on it. I think the issue is the way Fallout's game game design works is that you mm-hmm. can there's a, there's a pretty high chance or at least a moderately fair chance that you could die and during a fight and that's the, well, it's, that's, that's it's not even that that's normal yeah that's the, that's that i mean the D, if so run that way 
can be the, just as meat grindy. Yeah. But what, but what I'm saying is that games inherently, because games with, with Pathfinder, I don't think there's a, oh, we're going to rewind so that your players can try the session, this thing again. Yes and no. I mean, but, but to good, do, good do, DMing is all about failing forward. Yeah, but to, to do so requires a lot more work than in video games where the player can simply just reload to the point before the yes. fight. And there, therefore, it can have those, like, you know, guns, like, in a Fallout no, fight with an enemy that Pathfinder you can... Pathfinder has the insane gun rules. So in I pa- see. In Pathfinder, armor is effectively worthless against guns. Because guns hit against it's touch so... AC, and yeah. touch AC... Welcome to the Pathfinder podcast. Touch AC <laughs> um, does not take your armor into account. It's basically how nimbly can you dodge this. Regular AC is how much can you dodge it, and then whatever you can't dodge, deflect off of your armor plate. Yeah, it's it's a whole goddamn yeah. mess. But then also, it's, if you remove magic entirely, who does the healing? Because now all the healing classes are magical healing. Yeah, well, there's no healing classes in Fallout. It's all individual no. persons. That's true. Uh, that was the other issue with the Fallout tabletop rules is that there was no class, so it's like, how do you carve out distinct roles for people? Pull a page from Overwatch and turn Anna into like a sniper that like a biotic healing, like the bullet, the bullets when shot yeah, at players. So and her this heal. is the issue with doing Fallout and Pathfinder is that then I would have to homebrew a bunch of stuff. I I will help you if you if you if, I, if there's a help that I can offer to like help you homebrew. Because I mean, imagine doing a homebrew like. Oh my god, imagine turning like Overwatch into a into a system like there is a uh, multiple things out there that are entirely how to build Overwatch characters in Pathfinder. Some of them are really cheesy and insane and require you to like quadruple class. Right, but, but I mean I mean with enough people to working together, we could probably yeah, figure out a system. What started this whole long rant about Fallout and Pathfinder was that eventually I came to the realization what if I just dropped the Fallout name made it nuclear post-apocalyptic and kept the magic and ran it in Pathfinder. Yeah, that works. Because then everyone can be everything. Because you can have guns. You can have guns. You can have magic. You can have... You, you can have swords. Yeah. There are there are stats for power armor mm-hmm. already baked in. Granted, it's an artifact level thing, so I don't think anyone would be getting it anytime soon if we played that, but that's yeah. just an idea I've always, I've always kicked around. It's just like, you know... Nuking the planet gives love lots of hand waviness. You can just say, well, where did magic come from? I don't know. Showed up once the nukes went off. Yeah. That I We nuked the world into being magic. Yeah. That reminds me of this. Um I Because I, I have a plot for the Fallout campaign that I really want to run, and it will only work in a post-apocalyptic campaign. Then let's do it. After this session. After this one. Yeah. The problem with this one is I don't have a plot for this one. I'm just stringing you guys along with side quests until I come up with a, a main villain for you assholes. I'll get my friend Balahandro to help you write a campaign. I'm sure he knows what. Okay, I have a I have an actual question. It's gonna sound like a joke, but I want you to answer it honestly. Okay. If I had like a split personality disorder, not like split, because that kind of just demonizes split personalities, because it's not how that works. But if I had a split personality and the other personality was like, I'll help you write your campaign. No, that fucker won't ever know what hit him. No, because you would know what hit you based on some research. I for a different Pathfinder campaign. I did some research on DID because um, basically I am playing a character that has it. Uh, And I found out that 
I, I can't give you like the, the like commonality of it, but there are times when in DID, one personality is aware or alter, I guess I should use the proper terminology. One alter is aware of what the other alter is doing when, when they're not in control. Right. That that's right. That's right. So, yeah. So if okay. you were Alejandro and Balahandro in the same body, uh, Alejandro would know what Balahandro theoretically was doing. could know what Balahandro was doing, helping me write the campaign. <laughs> Sorry, Balahandro. It's okay. Yeah. But that I was actually, by the way, bizarrely also- enough, I was happy to hear that because that that smoothed over some of the wrinkles in my character. <laughs> yeah. I also well, I watched Glass. I really like. Let's talk okay. about it. So. Yeah, okay, so you have you have you haven't seen Split? I have not seen Split. And you I haven't have seen, not seen Unbreakable. So you you watched the ending of a trilogy? <laughs> yes. To be fair, aside from a couple of nods, so the only information I needed to be told going into the movie was um, the Beast can like crawl up walls and do blah blah blah. Yeah. And Bruce Willis thinks his weakness is water. Those are the only two things I was told going into the film. The film made sense to me. Yeah, because I they, was able they, to follow everything. They do kind of pull back, like, like they do, like the they rewind and then back up to enough inform, like to give you enough information. Yeah, because they do a pretty good job of recounting the events of the, of the of the first two. They do. I still would recommend you watch them because holy, fair, I, holy hell, Uncle Unbreakable surprised me because I did not think it was going to be that good of a movie. It actually blew my mind. A I bit. have seen part of Unbreakable. I've seen like the entire beginning with the train crash, mm-hmm. and I've seen. Uh, I don't know if it's the first time they meet, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis meet. At the art gallery? Uh, it's either there or then when they meet at uh, his comic book shop. Uh, that's the ending, I think. Yeah, it's one of those two. Or yeah, there's several. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, dude, it's so, it's so, like, I'm, I, I hate to say that I was, M. Night Shyamalan has a, I have a weird history with him because he, I has made some don't of, have I think this is the first movie I've seen of his like okay. all the way through. So I have a cuz I have a history with his films. I'm going to look it up and just make sure I'm not talking out my ass right now. Um have you seen Signs? Yeah, I have okay, seen so Signs. Have, so you've seen an Emerald right. movie. Um he did he did some of my favorite and then some of my least favorite films of all time. Unbreakable for one, um Split for another. Um he did the Last Airbender movie, which broke my heart completely. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I almost did not trust him. I have not seen that um the parent the visit the one with the grandparents like can you get in the oven to clean it yeah like that's not how the line goes but the um it, I have a very tenuous history because I loved his films and then I hated his films and now he's he started a, he bounced back with Split he did Stuart Little no yeah oh yeah 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 he did he did I totally forgot he did I don't know if he did the sequel. Is there a sequel? I don't know. Wait, no, he didn't direct Stuart Little, though. So what did he do? Did he write it? Don't tell me he wrote it. There's no twist in that film. Written by M. Night Shyamalan and Greg Brooker. <laughs> oh, yeah, the twist is the parents. I forgot. Yeah, okay, so I don't know if we want to consider that one of his movies, but... Okay, so he. I'll just say he's done some good movies, and then he's done some really, really bad movies. And I lost faith in him. And he bounced back with Split, and that was where yes. I was like, "Okay, I think I'm on board." I remember everyone saying M Night's back when yeah. they saw Split, mm-hmm. and for this one, I can see the shortcomings and why people are gonna not like this movie. As someone who loved Unbreakable, mm-hmm. watched Split, 
I like I watched Unbreakable un before I watched Split, unknowing not knowing that Split would eventually become a Unbreakable yes. sequel. Yes, because it really isn't a sequel, and except for like the last two minutes. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've and heard, yeah, so that, that so was the twist. Imagine watching un, Unbreakable for a film class that I'm in, and then uh-huh. and then suddenly I go watch Split, and I'm like, this movie's amazing. M Night's back, and then it connects to my other favorite movie of his, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Oh, basically, yeah. I'm gonna pre. I went and I saw Glass with somebody who had seen the first two movies. Yeah, they did not enjoy Glass. I, I have mixed. I have I had mixed reactions. I I enjoyed it. I was like I was on for the ride the whole way. No, I honestly think it's like it's a it's a really good movie, mm-hmm. and I but I can see why because it's a it's a it's a third end of a trilogy. So, of course, people who don't watch the other ones are going to walk away going, this is a weird, like, the whole point of the Unbreakable trilogy, as it's been revealed, is that it's an examination of comic book characters and comic mm-hmm. book. And how those tropes interact with reality. Yeah. And though I I will say the first, the his writing style, once you get to know it, is very, like, it's very, character. a lot of characters use a lot of big words. And and sometimes and sometimes it pulls you out of the moment. I've There's recently, one moment in this film where I was like, those two characters needed to switch lines. That's so. There's a moment um, towards the end, and the spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen mm-hmm. class. There's a scene. Um, it's right when the uh, warden, like the the lady, the the psychiatrist lady, mm-hmm. finds out that the three of them had escaped, um, and she's alerting the guards and the they're all three of them are in her office when they hear the radio going off. Yeah, and they look at each other and. The grandma was like talking. The grandma pretty much explains this is the this is the showdown part, right? And but in the previous scene, the Anna girl, the the girl from Split, was explaining the comic book trope to the psychiatrist. It it okay. made it it made, it made sense to me. It made sense to me in that again, spoilers. Uh, Anna and the son. Got and started reading comic books because of the event of the movie and started trying to figure out these tropes to figure out what happens next. The mother, her son owned a comic book shop and it's implied that he talked about comic books with her in the past. Because she even says, oh, he talked about like the limited editions and how they always have the showdown and the things like that. And so to me, it was just her remembering, oh, my son would always talk about these moments in his books. Yeah. So to me, that felt okay. I I mm-hmm. I was able to I was following the leaps in logic there, and yeah it 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 bent some logic here and there not too much, I think it did a pretty good job. I also found out M Night Shyamalan after the whole I Last Airbender thing wasn't really able to get a lot of funding. Yeah. He self funded Split completely. Really, like t- like to the point where he was putting down a thing on his house like to make to get the money for it. Wow, he made Split cost him five million like out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. He made. The the film made two hundred and twenty million. He and then for this film, this film cost him twenty million, which he also spent from the money he made from the from that film. Yeah. He it all came from his pocket. Like Universal, pretty much like yeah, we'll, we'll distribute it, but we're not paying. That's it. Wow. Yeah. So he paid twenty million, which in, encompassed most of most of his profits from the film from the split, and then he also had to take another, another like mortgage out on his house. Jesus. So. He already he's he's he self financed this trilogy pretty much, and mad respect to that dude. Yeah, because he found his way back into a system that wouldn't that wasn't ready to like let him back in, mm-hmm. and he just fuck it, I'm doing it myself. Yeah, and 
Yeah. And I will say, had this film gotten like, say, Universal funded it and they gave them like sixty million, they probably would have had the money to do like a fight scene in the tower, like with CGI yeah. and all that. That that that's I was. I knew the film was going to be limited in scope because of the budget. Like I knew See, that going, I didn't know going the budget. in. I thought they were going to actually go to the tower. Yeah. But I thought myself going, wow, they must have figured out a way to do it. Like ec- economically shoot near a tower. Mm-hmm. But then, oh my God. And so again, spoiler alert, um, they reveal because the whole time I was watching split because the, the, the third film kind of strings you along making the psychiatrist ladies oh, like it's the psychiatrist ladies pretty much telling them, you guys are just humans with delusions, and she starts mm-hmm. presenting evidence that makes you go, "Is She's it really?" She's trying to make them doubt who they are. And then at the very end, oh my she god, reve- she's like, when she's like, "Take my hand," I was like, "What?" And then it reveals the 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 uh, the tattoo, and she's like, "We're we're." She pretty much says, "We're part. We're an organization yeah. that's existed for a very long time. We keep the balance by getting rid of people like you. There cannot well, be gods among con- us. Convincing people like you." They're not like you, and when we can't, getting rid of them. Yeah, and oh my fucking god, I I always know there's always a twist with an M and I Shyamalan film. Yeah, except for the last Airbender. Um, except the twist was that film was bad. <laughs> um, the twist was the first frame. <laughs> they reenacted the intro for the from the cartoon like with live action and CGI. It does not work in live action, and I am mad that I ever watched it. Okay. I never um, saw it, so we. You know what? We should just watch it. My for the fuck my of virgin it. mind is clean. <laughs> Rejoice! That's so, so. That's that's from Split. The in the original one, he the beast was like killing, like targeting young girls who were pure, to, and then eating them to gain to become stronger. The twist of the of Split, which I don't want to split it, but they they already revealed it in the movie. That is that she her- was she was molested by her uncle. And that's not revealed till the very end of the film when, because he's, he kind of hunts the other girls that he kidnapped with her towards in the first part of the movie. Uh By the second end, he's hunting her down. And when it's at the very end, when they're about to like go to the final showdown, she sees the scars on her and like deduces that she's been like harmed in her life. And he, and when he, when he finds out that someone's like not pure and he's like him. He goes, rejoice. You are you you have been hurt. And like he he rejoices like you're you're like me. Kind of yeah. And one that, of us. Yeah, one pretty much. Of us. So when he, he when he approaches Mr. Glass and is like, Why are you in this chair? And he's like, and he explains what happens and he's like, Rejoice. That's a callback from the second film. Ah. Oh and oh my god, you need to watch those other two because they're really good films. Like they're I, just good. I will watch them eventually. I know Unbreakable. I think is on Netflix. See, it was it was it was less of a case of I I'm not. I have Split. If you want to borrow, unlike it. most films where it's like you haven't seen that film. I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen that film because everyone on the fucking planet told me to watch it. So I'm now I'm never gonna watch it just See, to spite them. That's the Netflix effect now. Like when films go viral and like on Twitter and like, oh, this film's so this TV show's so good, you gotta watch it. And no, no, you're no. like it, when it, when when mm-hmm. things go viral, when things go viral on Twitter. I'm okay with that. It's when people approach me and go, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? And then like start like losing their shit when I say no. Now imagine if you were like, if someone's like, hey, have you seen this TV show? And you're like, no, but I just finished watching the last episode only. <laughs> Which is what you pretty much did with this. I'm not, and again, I'm, not, I'm just saying they're both great films. And when you watch yeah. them and then go back and to watch fair, class. I'm the guy who's like, yeah, I watched just the last episode. I really enjoyed it, and I will probably go back and watch all the other episodes now, too. 
And it's like, I watched the last episode of Lost first. Fuck you. <laughs> thing. Like that's no, um but I'm just saying yeah. But no, but and also pe- people have not been hounding me to watch Unbreakable and Split, so I will definitely watch them. Okay, I will say, holy shit, they showed a scene that was shot for Unbreakable, and they put it in this film. The scene with, with the flashback to when he's in the bedroom and talking to the son. Oh yeah, that's a scene from Unbreakable that was cut from that film. They put it in this one. Oh, like it was not even in deleted See, scenes. I was trying to figure out if some of those scenes were original scenes yeah. or if they were uh they just like digitally de-aged bruce no, Willis. No, no those are original scenes from the first movie when i saw them and i like because also holy fuck the kid the actor who plays the the son the fact that he's the same actor from the first film see and uh, the, in the first scene they show the flashback i couldn't tell because the screen is too dark but then the the scene where he's at dinner and bruce Willis is like shh like that scene yeah that's when i'm like oh it is the same guy yeah because it, it is the same kid. And boy, that kid was so good in that first film. There's a, like, oh, God. I'm, he was pretty good at playing, like, the manic, like, frayed nerves. Oh, my God, what do I do yeah. in this? And, yeah, so the fact that they, it's so, it's so good. I'm so glad Glass was good. Like It, it was good. And it has, like, a 36% of Rotten Tomatoes. I know. I, I will say this is one of those, I, I give myself moments where I'm like, why is it so low? Okay, it's because M. Night's writing comes off as a little... Okay, okay. so pretty much the cameo that he has in the film uh-huh. is basically him describing his career. Because he... So he plays the same character in all three films. Like, he has a cameo in Unbreakable and in Split, and he plays oh. the same character. So in this film, he references that he bumped into Bruce Willis's character in the first film 15 years prior. Uh-huh. And his character bumps into him, and he'd be like, oh, you're... You... I know you. You're you used to work at the stadium like all those years ago. He's like, yeah, 15 years ago. So, yeah, I used to hang out with some unshady types, bounce back with some positive attitude, kind of stuff. Like, oh, like is to show his career. Like he bounced back with some, yeah. Oh, I just assumed it was him just being like, hey, that's why I'm here now instead of in jail. There was like 80 percent who were like silent during that scene because they didn't. It was just a cameo. They didn't know it was a cameo. And the people in our theater who like recognize him were like, oh god. Come on, M. Night. I just, I just love this. Like immediately following that, I'm gonna go for a walk. I don't think you should, Dad. See your dad go for a walk. Jesus, Jesus, let your dad walk. <laughs> that whole thing's like, I'm gonna go take a walk. I don't think you should take a walk today. You don't want to get too tired. <laughs> you don't want to walk too much. You might get tired. Yeah. I'm gonna go and take a walk. Jesus, let your dad take a walk. I'm like M. Night. Good, good God. Good job. Um. Yeah, and then he's like, "Yeah, you want to buy that now? We're closing right now." No, no, oh, okay. I have to close the shop early. Yeah, yeah. That. Um. So to see him like in, and I will say, I can see why people will not like it because the split was no notably criticized for the way it turned DID into a cartoon disorder. Mm. Um, because that film does not accurately portray DID in any way, shape, or form. It like demonizes like people with DID can like be because the whole point of that second film is that he goes to a therapist who's like a specialist in this disorder. Yeah. And he's studying him specifically for this because she thinks that she's talking to one of the personalities, a specific one, when it's really like three of the other ones pretending to be this personality to fool Uh, her. It's a whole like it doesn't do it scientifically scientific justice. uh, A lot of people were some people were mad about it. I wasn't too mad because I knew it was a a comic book. Once you figure out that it's an unbreakable sequel, mm-hmm. you can tell that it's going to follow in the same comic book style. Yeah. I don't know. 
and I thought it was okay. I will say the first it the first act is a very long first act, like the whole informational thing where they just go through all three characters like as they're being imprisoned. Oh, of glass. Okay, yeah. we're back. To yeah, glass. in glass. It's the very long first act, and the second uh-huh. and third acts are kind of like rushed a bit because they just kind of like they set sights for the tower. They set that up very early in the film. And then kind of... They drop hints early, but honestly, I mean, I guess I should have seen sooner that, hey, they're going to involve the tower because they keep dropping the name of it. But uh, I honestly didn't expect them to go out and leave the hospital until, like, like things started kicking off. Yeah. At which point they're like, hey, let's go to the tower. Yeah. And then it makes sense because at the end they reveal that it's, you know, it was it's never about the tower. Is, yeah. It was about tricking these people into showing that there's a secret organization that runs mm-hmm. this stuff. And he got them all. And then he, and yeah. then it's, uh, which is it. some, um, oh God. What? It's uh, like some Illuminati shit. Some Adrian Voigt level fucking planning. Yeah. Also, yeah. And that character would. Only thing I will say is that the mom, um, Mr. Glass's mom, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I buy, like, if you've seen the, you haven't seen the first one, but he does a lot of, like, seriously bad stuff in that film, and they showed a bit of it, like, the fact that he was behind the train. Yeah. That's a huge plot point that they don't, they don't reveal to the end of the first one, so you've already had Unbreakable Spoiler for you by this one. Again, you'll still like it. Yeah. Because it's a really good film. But the, I I don't know if I buy that someone who does such terrible stuff in those in that film ends up his mom stills like there's he's given up you just gotta let him be like if my son derailed an entire fucking train you I'm don't never speaking have to a my son though right and but, discussions with people who do have kids it apparently changes drastically what if I called my dad right now and be like hey dad if I derailed a train would you love me. Some parents I'm are gonna just call that them way. right now. Do you want me to that- think think about all of the people we knew in high school who like could do the worst shit and their parents would be like, Oh, not my angel. Can I call him? Like literally? If you, if you want to. You can call my dad. Oh god. Hello? Hello? Hey Dad. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm hanging out with Matt right now. I actually just want to ask you a dumb question. So sorry. Um so <laughs> we're talking about the movie Unbreakable. Um and I had a question for you. So if in the event that I did something really bad, like derail a train and say I hurt a lot of people, mm-hmm. would you at, would would you have any hesitation in just going, all right, I'm never speaking to you again? <laughs> like if it came out that I like I derailed the train and like derailed the train, meaning that you went and altered the tracks. Yes. No, but like, like, let's say it came the, out that I the like. The point is, if he did something really, really bad, like I hurt like it, a it, lot of people, like it ended with seventy people dead. You would. I I, I would still talk to you, of course. But you would see. But okay, but you wouldn't have any. You wouldn't be like, "There's no hope for you," kind of thing. No. Okay. Well, I, I told you. I'll, I guess I'll put that in my back pocket for later. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Just I just want to ask. It was dumb. Yeah, see? Okay. Blood is, blood is blood's a pretty thing, and, and <laughs> you don't do it unless it's just so heinous 
more than just be really trained. I guess, I don't know, but no, no. It, it, like if 70 people died because of me putting a bomb in the front of a train. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of tough to kind of face those families on my own. I just have to see you on the side and say, don't let them know that I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, just okay. Just wanted to know. Love you, Dad. I'm not gonna hide you or anything. But you're gonna be, you know, and be giving my turn. Yeah, but I'll go and see you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just wanted to know. All right. Love you, Dad. Bye. Just in case he cuts that whole phone call. Andres' dad totally sided with me and proved me right. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, blood's pretty thick. Yeah. I just don't want anyone to know that I'm associating I, yeah, with no, you. That, like, like honestly, that, I didn't even question that. Like, like her still, like, visiting him wow. and caring. Like, I was like, yeah. Wow. Wow, dad. Wow. Yeah. No, it's. My son's a terrorist. I mean. I love him. I mean, you are, in many cases, like, like as a parent, you are, like, it's, it's not even, like, optional or conscious it's just like it's like i'm on your side yeah fucking let's get through this shit what did you what did you do biologically chemically you feel the urge to always care for that person wow like with no choice is it bad that if like my brother or something did something like that i guess i wouldn't know until it happened i suppose that's that's the There's there's that element of it too that's the reality of it and I mean, different people always handle it differently. I because there yeah. are definitely some parents out there where it's just like, oh, my son like didn't even kill anyone. My son just spray painted the side of a train. Not my son anymore. Ah, <sighs> yeah, that's that's true. There is there is there's both there's two there's an axis to it, and there's, def- there's definitely different spectrums. Spectrum. Yeah. yeah, it's a spectrum, and there there, there are very many shades of it. And wow. now we know where your dad falls on the spectrum. <laughs> my dad would totally go to bat for me, given that nobody sees him do it. Yeah, you know, this, yeah, yeah. Then again, can you really, like, there's a whole, like, you know, could you, you wouldn't really know until it happened. Mm -hmm. But then again, would you be able to anticipate the emotional drain that it would be to have to deal with, like, to have to, like, look at the faces of the families that your son impacted? And then would that also impact? Like, like if my dad... My dad could to be, be like, fair, there's the extra complication of they effectively rendered him brain dead for a while. Oh, like the heavy sedation and stuff. Yeah, that is that's true. That's and also, true. he was in pri- He was in prison for a long time. He was imprisoned. Like, he was sent to a mental institution, and then they sedated him to the to the point of like they sedated him like you would sedate the juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. Because he gets out, like, super easy. Yeah. Because he knows everything. He outsmarts the villain in this film. So I, I would say he does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a good job, but he's smart. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's that's our topic on Glass. That's Yeah, that was Glass. Yeah. I and enjoyed it. If you want to borrow a split, even I, have, I, I have the Blu-ray, so you can just take it. Even though I came in in the last episode of the season. You're on board. I'm on board. I enjoyed it. It now, was very good. I w- now I know this is probably the end of the trilogy, but I, I am tentatively excited at they the idea. They leave the door open for more. Yeah, but I do like where because it, it just ends with the like them opening the gates it's, for more. Yeah, it, it's it's less them. It's it's if there's any more movies, they're less going to be direct sequels and more just in the same world. 
Yeah. And because all, yeah, I don't want to say what happened at the very, very end, but that's, you have to go but watch the film to see that. Things happen. happen that leave the door open for other adventures in the world. Yeah. With different characters. It's Which, like, it was like a Marvel film without the special effects or the. Yeah. 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 It was, it was like a, it was like a, it's a comic book brought to life, but in mm-hmm. real world, in the real world. Yeah. Like, the way Marvel they tries to, that. but at one point Glass straight up says, like, you know, it's just like the comic books, except you two are bound by the laws of physics. Yeah. He's like, there are there are obviously limit there are limitations, obviously. Yeah. Which I always I found refreshing in the first one, because his whole thing was there's lit you know, if I'm on this end of the spectrum, there's gotta be I always imagined there was someone on the other end who was unbreakable because I'm ma- pretty much made of glass. Mm-hmm. And so he like tells them there's like there's scientific limits, yes, but theoretically you could find those limits, and that's where your power is, and like the, yeah, I don't want to. I'm pretty much gonna walk through every scene of the film if I keep yeah. talking about it. So yeah. uh, let's move on to Red Dead Two because you're playing Which I that. Finally started. Yeah, boy. Man, that game is not as straightforward as people made it seem. It's it gets complicated at first. Yeah. I still okay. So every mission marker has like a like a little letter on it. I have no idea what the fuck those letters mean. The letter refers to the fir- it's the first letter of the name of the person that gave you the mission. So for example, if you're going to talk to um oh, <laughs> did I just bl- did I blow your mind? So if you go yeah. talk, so if the letter if the mission starts with a letter D, you're it's a mission that involves Dutch. So you'll go and find Dutch, and the mission will start. Okay. Now it is weirdly buried, like within the map system, where the like the list of missions, and I it's very hard to just find the list of oh here's all your active missions right now because a lot of side quests don't register as like active. It's like hey if you go to this marker you can go follow up on that other side quest, but it's not gonna like be added to you as like you're in the middle of it. It's just there's another one for you. You pretty much go to a mission and you see it through till it's over. Ah, uh. which but so there's like. The same name mission, like the name of a mission will have like three different side missions to it. So when you finish like the first one, it'll be like, don't touch me, number one. And then when you go to the second marker to do the second, th- the, the second third of the mission, uh-huh. it'll be called don't touch me two as uh, like a continuation of it. So it's very, se- it's segmented. Huh. So you could finish like two thirds of a mission of a side series of missions and walk away and do some other stuff and then come back to do the third part later on. Huh. Unless the mission is just one long mission, then you have to just go through the mission until you're done. Yeah. Like a campaign mission or something. And honestly, like I, I'm in chapter two right now, and we got to like the first camp, and we're mm-hmm. in Valentine, and I think I'm finally in the open world part, but the game still feels super on rails right now. It opens up more because it's going to explain the bounty system and stuff. I don't know if you've gotten to that nope. part yet. Nope. There's a whole system. I finally did a thing with Hosea where we went and we tracked down the legendary bear, and then... Mm-hmm. It was like, do you want to keep going? And I was like, I will say mission one explains the story. Mission two explains the game. And once you're in in three, it's kind of expects you to know how the game works. Okay. So I still got tutorials to go through it. Not much. Yeah. Cause cause the first mission doesn't really end with a big thing. The second and obviously like, you know, like in Grand Theft Auto five, there's like the heist and heist kind of marks the end of a section of the game. Uh It's like that with the chapters, but not in the way you think every time. I don't want to. So every time I gun down the entire Union Army. Nah. Got it. Yes. In real life. (laughs) You have several felonies um, by playing this game. But doing that mission with Hosea, I finally got my damn horse. Yeah. 
And you know what I named my horse? What? It was I was put kind of on the spot. I didn't expect to be able to, like I I knew I was gonna be able to name my horse. I didn't expect it to a come that quickly or b come at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, uh, uh, I couldn't think of a name. So I just named my horse after its inevitable fate. Glue someday. Aww. <laughs> glue someday. Because that horse is gonna be glue someday. <laughs> I named mine Velma. Aww. No. Well, it was also a male horse, so I couldn't like go with like any like classy girls' names. AI generated balls is my horse. <laughs> <laughs> my horse P is stored in the balls. P storage, come over here. Yeah. So no, it's my yeah, horse is glue someday. I'm happy for you. Okay, so I haven't had my my horse hasn't died at all. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not that you can die more than once, but. Uh, my horse has not. I've kept my horse alive this whole time. Can horses die? Yes. When okay. they die, they are permanently gone. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you can get the stuff off of them. Horses are expensive. Yeah. Shit. But you can also like steal a horse and then pretty much just ride around until it loves you, and then you can register it as your own. I Do believe. You rename it then. I think. Yeah, okay. I think so. Because technically, you have two horses. Because you also you keep Tennessee whiskey when. Yeah. When you I have get her the like in horse. the stables, just kind of in the bite. Yeah. I don't use her at all. I got a new yeah. one and then just kind of yeah. I gave it like braid. I gave it like braids and then I gave it the dye. Like you can give it braids. Yeah, you can. You can change you the can mane. You can your horse. Yeah, you can use the saddle and the. The, the, okay, I knew about the saddles, but the game did not tell me you can pimp your horse. Yeah, so if you go back to the place where you bought the horse, or you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can go back there and you can like buy saddles. You can change the color of this, like the yeah. the spur uh, okay, things so that your boots go I on. I did some hunting and I got some like rabbit pelts and shit, and I took them to Pearson. And I was like, okay. "Hey, Pearson, have these pelts." And I said, "Do you want to donate these pelts for money?" And then some of them said, "Donate for supplies," and I was confused about what does what to if you whom? donate meat for supplies it impacts it it acts as if you had just bought like food for the camp okay if you donate it as so you money you you donate money. the worth of the of the pelt or the so meat. you can either give money or give food and they effectively do the same thing somewhat because the food because the money that's in the camp will be used when you upgrade stuff so there's different levels of upgrade first you upgrade mm-hmm. uh dutch's area which is pretty much because he's the leader, so you get yeah. to, he, he goes first. Then it's you, your area gets upgraded, and then the third one is everyone else's get up to upgraded. As you upgrade, people m- get more and more inclined to donate because they see ah. Dutch's and yours get upgraded, and they're like, well, now I got to start donating because I want mine upgraded. So the third option is you can upgrade pretty much the whole camp, like okay. new stuff, and new tents, new everything. Um I will say some Where of it. Where do you is, get recipes? Because I have like no recipes. I don't fucking so know, man. So every time I I go to like like to a campfire to cook something, the game is like, nah, fuck you. Well, I don't think there's much recipes because there's it's pretty much all available. You just have to have the right materials. Where can I look up if I have the right materials or not, or online, what materials I'm online, missing? Online, pretty much. The, <sighs> yeah. I will say, Rockstar's. I pretty, do like. I accidentally stumbled into the journal. Oh, the one the one that you write in. Uh huh. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know you could pull that up and flip through it. Yeah. It it like right it's like Eleanor it writes stuff as yeah. you go through missions and show yeah. like his drawing of the valley was really fucking good. Yeah. I did not ex- <laughs> They like they mentioned it in the beginning, like you riding in that journal again. And I he, didn't like, hear that. It it's early on, but like they it's when it first shows you the journal like ability, like to open it up and look through it. 
the game never told me how to open it up. No, it it, it tells you, but you it have didn't to, give me any tooltips until I accidentally opened it on my own. It gives you like a. It doesn't like show you like, hey, it, it tells you like, press this to open your your journal, and if you don't open it, it won't. Oh, it won't show you the tooltip until you have uh-huh. opened it. So I guess you just didn't read it, and then it just, I caught it all the other tooltips it. it gave me in that snowy hellscape. Yeah, I will say that first chapter is a huge slog. It actually wasn't that bad. Story wise, it's it's decent. Like gameplay wise, it's it's pretty. I, I felt it was okay paced. Once once you get further in, you're gonna be it, it picks up the pace a bit, and you're gonna be like honestly, right now, feel, the part I'm in feels like the slog because I have no idea what to do. <laughs> pretty much whatever you want, you just got, just go through missions that are in the camp. That's okay. basically all I, can, all I can say. Yeah, Dutch it, told me like the I did the mission with the pastor, and I went and I played poker, and I lost all my money. You played with the po- you played with the priest or the or, or no, you I filled in for the priest. Okay. And I lost all the money. I won all the money and then I like left and they're like, "Oh, you don't want to play no more." And I was like, "Nah." No, cuz I was winning and then um oh, I forget what happened. Something happened like it was like one of the guys went like all in or something and then he won, which brought him back. And then they got like like the two guys, one of them always had like a pair of aces every hand after that. And it was like, well, I can't beat that shit. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Pretty much. The game is very linear, I will say. Okay. Because as you as you play it, you'll start to it's the rock star missions. Like the like I think I posted on Twitter a video of me playing it, like a clip from it. And the whole clip was basically there's a mission where you need to saddle up on your horse to go into town with someone. And mm-hmm. the game if you saddle up the wrong horse because the game does not tell you if you have the mini map hidden at first like I did it'll tell you you know get on you know saddle up your horse so you see two horses with no saddles and you're the game's meant for you to pick the left one but if you think oh I could just pick either one because it's just telling me to saddle up on a horse you pick the right one and the game does Is the... this with Hosea when you go in to buy your first horse no okay it and you put the saddle on the horse and as soon as you get on, the game does the wasted sound effect and like the fade out, and it goes, "You, you, you, you game over. You saddled the wrong horse." And I was like, "Well, when the fuck was I? Who? Where was the marker for that?" Like, well, I found that you should describe because, like, when I was saddling up the horse to go into town with Jose, I said, "Hey, take the saddle off your old horse and put it on this big black horse." And then there was a big black horse right there, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I just yeah, put I it don't. On the horse it. Okay, so, so far it, it, the game has been very. That is one thing. The game is very descriptive about when it, where it wants you to go to do things. I had some trouble with the first mission, where it's where you go into town with all the girls. Um, I haven't done that yet. It's at the very beginning, chapter two. You take the three women from the town and you go into. It's like the first mission you do. You must not be that far in the game then. Nope, I walked over to the pastor thing, played poker, went back, went with Hosea, tracked down a legendary. It's right bear. when you get to Horseshoe Overlook. It's the first thing. Take the three girls into is where it's where like you go into town, and the three girls go into Valentine. I have not gone into Valentine yet, except with Hosea to get the horse, and then okay. we immediately left again. Okay, so there's there's a there's a story mission that you haven't played yet. So okay, basically you um it it if you like, I was told the game was gonna be descriptive, like you know it tells you okay turn left of the thing here and then do that if you have the if you have the, the mini map hidden. I didn't even know you could hide it. Yeah. You can, oh, yeah. You can't. You can make it in compass mode, huh? Yeah. Or you can just hide it all together, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, or no, I think compass mode is the hidden. Mode. No, no. There's an off mode too. But uh, the game, what I will say, when I mean linear, like the game will literally fail you if you don't do exactly, if you don't go exactly where I want you to go. 
Because there's a mission in chapter three. We'll not specify where I'm talking about. Okay. It tells you, all right, we got to go do this thing and set up to go do this other thing. Park the cart with the horse under some shade. And if you have the, <laughs> if you have the mini map hidden like I did. Why'd you hide the mini map? Because I wanted it to be like immersive because it was totally, it, it, they said that you could play the game and the character will describe where to go. It was like, go hide in the shade in those trees over there. And you go over under a different spot and the game waits for you to get into a specific spot on the mini map, which you can only see if the mini map is open. So basically the you game might be will, able to go into your map map and do it. Yeah, you can do that. But it's like if if it says go under some shade and you pick a, a spot under some shade, the person might point and you might have just missed them pointing. No, it was like it was like um, the camera's too far away when a character jumps off the wagon and goes, all right, I'm going to go over here. Go park in that shade over there so we can get ready. And the, you don't see the character pointing because he's just walking away as he's talking. Huh. You don't see it. So it's it's very unspecific and then also very, very specific at the same time for certain hmm. things. Hmm. Other other parts it handles well. Um, but the game, someone, uh, there's a YouTuber, Nakey Jakey, which I really love his videos. He's like a donkey, okay. but actually he's he's like donkey, but not as loud. And I like donkey. No, you, no, I, I, no I, donkey? I like donkey, but I'm saying like he, if donkey is like you know, pure humor. Nikki Jakey is like 70% humor. Donkey is and not 30%. pure humor though. <laughs> Have you seen his review of The Shining? No, no, I'm not saying he's entirely. I'm saying if you, the, a general donkey video is very humorous. A, a, a general, you know, in average, in average, most of his videos are humor. Of course, he has like serious moments where he's actually being critical. And, I'm, what I'm saying is that the humor is not straight humor. It's usually humor okay, well then actually, hiding what his actual message. Okay, then maybe Nakey Jakey isn't actually as... Okay, Nakey Jakey's like, uh, he's like a different flavor of Dunky. Okay. So he's like, not Dunky light, but he's like, he's just, his humor is just as strong as Dunky, but he does it in a, in a video essay kind of way, like okay. a different way. He did a video on uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and he was saying that this game is not an open world game, it's a rockstar open world game, because in an open world game, you have a different, you go in and you have a different set of experiences and you go to other players that have played the same game and go, in my game, I did this and then this enemy attacked me and I did this weird thing and then this thing happened and you share an experience that you had. While in this game, when you talk to other players, you pretty much both have the same experience. So you don't experience your own unique experience. You experience Not a, a lot of open world games are like that though. Zelda is like that. Breath of the Wild. Breath, Breath of the Wild is is one of the rare like yeah. Skyrim also like Skyrim has some like some specific enemy encounters that are unique like who like a dragon shows up in a spot that most other players yeah. don't. I'm talking about stuff like that like this open world game. There's not a lot of like there's not a lot of potential for that because any okay. unique moments that happen are pre scripted by Rockstar so that they happen to everybody. So they're mm. you they're unique Rockstar moments, but everyone has them. Okay. Well, or like okay. Zelda, Zelda is like I, I got on this rock. Where, where, where can I get a hat? Because my hat got shot off, and I've been hatless this whole time. If you time. go uh, into, we have to go into Valentine. So okay. if you go to any general store, they usually have a clothing section, and you can pick a hat and then assign it to your horse, so that it'll always stay in your horse. You can assign a hat to the horse. If you ever lose your hat, go to your horse, and the horse will have, and you can equip your hat back on. Like it just kind of teleports back to your horse. Yeah. The fuck. Also, the game does this really bad, like, it does this thing where it will, like, let's say you have your specific loadout, like, ready. Like, you have guns, and you have the specific ammo you want to use and mm -hmm. stuff. You have that preloaded. For some missions, when you, like, hop onto your horse and then hop off, you'll always have your guns with you. Because, like, in the same way you had them. Yeah. 
except sometimes when you go in your horse and like you ride around for a mission and then you get off the guns somehow go back onto your horse and you have to go and get them again. Oh, it's done to me every time so far. Yeah. It's very annoying for that. Yeah. No, that was the thing. I went and I had, I went and I had to hunt down a fucking bear with just a pistol. Mm -hmm. I shot, that, I shot that bear in the head eight times before it ran away, and it didn't die. Like I had to, to go. To be fair, that is true to bears. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, bears are pretty resilient. Bears are bulletproof. I wouldn't say bulletproof. I would say more like deathproof. To common calibers, especially way back in ye olden times when they used black powder, bears were effectively bulletproof to most bullets. What about modern guns? Even then, some of the smaller, more common calibers, bears are, bears will it will bounce off a bear, like an Arlington or something. Yes, like today, an Arlington twenty two, an Arlington twenty two shot at his, at the right angle will bounce off a person. Well, I'm just look. Did I describe? Did I did I accidentally name a BB gun by accident? No, like okay, no, but twenty two is effectively like the closest thing you can get to a BB gun while still being an actual gun. Okay, that's the see. That's I don't know thing. a lot about guns. Yeah. Or bullets, you, you, or bears. You, you, you used twenty-two to hunt one thing, really only, and that's squirrels. Okay. Anything else is too big. Um, what if I put a cannonball in a gun? That's called a blunderbuss. And what if I put that blunderbuss inside a cannon and then fired them both at the same time? Could you imagine a, a projectile launching at you and the projectile was a gun that also just shot at you? Those exist. They're called shaped charges. I thought it was like the the like a gun like when you put the X symbol, like when you do the X crosshatch on a bullet. It was like where you like where it sh- when it impacts it shatters. Oh, what you're thinking of very there's um you're thinking of a different kind of. It's not a. It's not an, a, a cross. It's you put a hole in it. Is that what it is? Because there's a. There's a. They're there's called a, hollow points. And hollow. Yeah, yeah. There's hollow points in Red Dead, but it's the symbol is an X, like on the, the top of top of the bullet. I mean, I guess that might work, but that won't work as well as just drilling a hole in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the. It was 1901. Like, not a lot of things worked the way it works now. Well, and even then, I think hollow points are still a thing. But anyways, that's different. Okay. Um. Sorry, no. my weird comment about what if the what if the projectile shaped, from a but no, shaped charges are cool. Sorry, I've been playing a game that has lots of tanks in it lately, and and tanks use shaped charges. That's what anti tank rounds are, and they're really cool. So what it is is you fire a shell, and this shell is filled with explosive packed around a cone of copper, and when the shell hits, it explodes the explosive, which basically, do you know how like when you have something cone shaped and you like punch it inside out? Yeah. It does that to the copper, and in the process, liquefies it, turning it into a supersonic stream of copper, which then just punches a hole right through the armor. No. So basically, it's it's That's it's a, a gun that shoots a smaller explosive gun. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a really that's really a thing. That's been a thing since the forties. Oh my god! Well, I wasn't. Alive they invented then. them in World War Two. I miss. I was late. Yeah, it was but no, late. no, no, that, that's that's the thing. That yeah. is 100% a thing. They are, oh my God. That That is what heat rounds are, high-explosive anti-tank rounds. I thought it was like a flamethrower. No, it's, um. so if you ever hear the words shaped charge, that's what a shaped charge is. It's a, oh. it's a cone of copper or some other metal surrounded by high-explosive, and see. it's shaped in a way so that it turns into a, a jet of, a supersonic jet of liquid metal. 
They, they also See, here. I don't I know, have enough guns in my life. To, <laughs> you know. No, this also comes up because they actually. You remember how? I don't know how much you pay attention to space news. Uh, space force is about, about it. Okay, so uh, recently, a I believe it is Osiris Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Osiris Rex that's doing it, or maybe it's the other mission. There's one or two missions right now currently going to asteroids in the asteroid belt, and one of them is going to collect a sample using a shaped charge. So basically, they're going to shoot this this stream of metal into the surface of the asteroid, so it'll kick up a bunch of debris, and the de- debris will get captured by a collector once it gets blown up. So it's like a hood with the okay. shaped charge inside of it. They lower the whole thing down, the shaped charge goes off, and when it goes off, it kicks up a bunch of debris in this hood, and then... They'll catch it. Okay. And then they catch it. Yeah. That's actually really... They, yeah, that works. Yeah. That... that Math checks out apparently. Yeah. So that's 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 there's a peaceful use for shape charges. Hmm. Now, what about for baking purposes? If I wanted uh, to bake something. Oh, uh, it's useful for putting a hole in the oven to put things in. <laughs> so I don't have to open the door. That's genius. <laughs> I'm gonna order twelve. Yeah. Hi, Amazon. Can I have twelve anti-tank rounds? Yeah. Thank you. No, shape, uh but yeah, shape shape charges are crazy. They're cool. Interesting engineering behind them. Oh, someone shared the the shirt thing. Hey. hey. So if you guys don't know, uh, I'm selling shirts right now. I'm fundraising to make a video game. Um, I tried to record a video to like oh. <laughs> do a pitch, and I kept sneezing because there was so much <laughs> dust in my car. So the, there's one there's one take where I was essentially going, "All right, guys, hey, um, let you know about the shirts," and I go, "Hold on, hold on." And there was one t- there was one sneeze where I pretty much forced myself to say, "Not today," as I sneeze. <laughs> I want to try and find it. Here, let me, let me find it because it was my f- and I didn't use it because I didn't want to post a video. Um, let me find that right now. Uh, do I have it? I I think I have it. Oh my god! Yeah, I think I do. I have it. I have it. I have it. Okay. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> I'm gonna play the audio just for the listeners. So the oh hear god, it. leading into it. Oh god. <laughs> so, um, I'm selling shirts. <laughs> if you guys want to buy one, it's on Bandcamp. <laughs> So I'm selling shirts. Yeah, I, think um, I, I think I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I'm talking to a guy locally here in our city. Uh, he's very nice. His name's Craig. Uh, dude's been working T. with Robinson? me. Robinson? No. Oh. So no, I don't. Not, I don't want to give out his last name. He's but... not Doug Judy, the Pontiac Bandit. No. no. What the fuck? What? No. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've. I don't, actually. I've actually. That's a show I need to start watching. I've not watched a, a single episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Do I get to be the condescending asshole now? Huh? <laughs> I if you watch, okay. I also want to bring up real quick from our last podcast. Let me get through all the thing I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Finish your thing. So I'm making a video game uh, because it costs money to hire people to do art and stuff. I actually want to have you. Who knew you can't pay people in exposure? It's a good thing my rent is 800 exposures. <laughs> ISO 800 is exactly how much my rent is worth. Um, I want to hire some friends to, to help me with art. 
Um, and to do that, I would need money. So I'm. This is the first of several waves of shirts. Waves of money. Yes, waves of money rolling into my PayPal is what <laughs> I'm saying. Um, so these are very unique variants. I'm. All, I'm designing them all. They're all like 16-bit, 8-bit style. Designs. You don't want to see the one I designed. What did you design? You don't want to see it. Okay. So uh, they're unique variants. Um, the first one is being printed on navy blue, um, like tagless T-shirts, all cotton, 100. percent um, I'm talking to the guy right now. He's it's it's water based ink. Oh, so they they stay in the shirt like they're not like vinyl like pressed on or anything. It's oh. not like one of those. So it's all it's like graphic tees. So it's like the one I'm wearing yeah. as opposed to oh no, this one might be pressed on. It, it it doesn't have like the thick like layer on it. It's like ink into the shirt. So this it's, one it's not like thick, but it's got like a bit of a layer on it. Yeah, so it, it's it should be like that, like not too layered over. It's not going to be like em- embedded, you know, like a like a lay overlay. Um, so I'm talking to the guy right now. Um, I have the quotes and the estimates for the time. Um, once I get the order put in, probably the end of this week, when this po- when the podcast goes up, the order will pretty much be in, unless I delay it by a week. Um, okay. But basically, once I put the order in and I get the shirts out to people, uh, I will not be ma- selling the design ever again. Oh, um, shit. This is the only... The design may... And you're the- only giving a week for this? Well, no, I'm... It may give more because this is only this is the first of many batches, so I'm gonna have more designs. So the whole point is that if this ever if this does take off, people who buy the shirt will have a shirt that no one else will ever ever have ever again. And if it doesn't work out, you just bought a shirt and it's a quality <laughs> shirt. And I'm working to make sure that it's a nice shirt that's not gonna like you know re- it's pre shrunk cotton, so it's all like doesn't fade in the wash kind of shit. So yeah. Um. Also, the other thing. I was listening to the other podcast we did last week um, where we are talking about the Ghostbusters and I realized that for every person like me who has watched Ghostbusters and liked it, there's a person like you who watched the Ghost in the Shell and thought it's probably superior to the anime that it's based on. I did not think it was superior to the anime. I just liked Ghost in the Shell. And that's what I think about Ghostbusters. Like, I just liked it. And I, I as someone who's seen the original and gone like, well, you should watch the actual one because that one's like way better. You're like, oh, my God, nah. we, we were. To, it was just a flip of our Ghost in the Shell conversation. Yeah. So when you hear me talk about Ghostbusters, that's how I hear you talking about Ghost in the Shell. So if you just if no, I, I definitely sound way more intelligent when I talk about Ghost in the Shell. Zing. <laughs> gonna fucking die. <laughs> gonna shut up. You don't know. You don't know me. You don't know. You don't know me. I mean, you left me wide open for that one. Look, all I'm saying is that you're entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> I will never have. I will never stop you from having a wrong opinion, no matter how wrong it is in any capacity. Right, wrong, super wrong, whichever of the latter two of the three that you choose, I will support you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at. The- I went to go retweet the shirt post <laughs> notice that you put up the fucking tracy morgan photo <laughs> yeah i did hey everyone <laughs> well everyone's put well you boys over there are putting or buying stock i'm making big moves oh shit now they're gonna know what day we recorded this uh they won't know oh oh okay so last thing before we go i guess what? Would you have anything more to talk about? Because we were at like an hour and a half in this. I, was, I wanted to talk about Ace Combat. Okay. Um, that, that, you talk about Ace Combat real quick, and then I'll bring up the thing, and then oh, we can I, go. I was going to go in detail. Oh. I was going to give my legitimate thoughts. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Well, what, what were you, you going to talk about? Mine was just the quick thing from the theater, the, my, the woman that came in. Oh, the other. oh yeah, so, you go okay. for it first. So I had a uh, self-realization moment, just one of those like self-examination times in your life. Mm-hmm. It happened to me the other day, because a woman came in, 
she was homeless, obviously. And in our city, we have a really big homeless problem right now, um, which is not really being addressed as much. And with the shutdown, it's kind of getting, yeah. might get worse. Basically, a woman came in, um, homeless, walked in, did not have a ticket, because I work at a movie theater, uh, did not. I thought you worked at a train station. Oh, no, I work at a gas station. Ah, no, I forgot I, about them no. gas tickets. Back to the gas rationing. <laughs> and this woman um, was homeless, obviously. She walked in um, and tried to pay for a ticket. Like, she walked into the door person who tears a ticket you've already purchased. Mm-hmm. Not the person. She didn't go to the box office to buy a ticket. She walked to the door person and said, I want to buy a ticket. Too and fair. handed her a hex screwdriver <laughs> and three dirty used lighters. And then proceeded to disappear when the door person turned away to look at me because she was like, can I get a manager to door to help with this? Like she didn't even know what to describe on the radio. So when I walked over and she turned around, the lady was gone. And then as she reemerged near one of the auditoriums eating popcorn out of the trash. Ah. And I felt really bad. I had to kick her out because mm-hmm. she didn't have a ticket. So I was like, ma'am, if you don't have a ticket, I have to ask you to leave. And she's like, okay, I want to buy a $3 hot dog. And she like pointed to the lighters that I was holding. I was like, "Ma'am, we don't sell we don't sell hot dogs for three dollars, and also I can't accept these." And she's like, "Okay." And she walked out, but like she's like obviously not in the moment. Yeah. Um. And so I kicked her. I had to kick her out, and I felt so bad that I I like left the theater and found her like like right outside the theater, and just gave her five dollars. Like go over there to the restaurant over there. There you can get more food over there than you can here. Just go and get you like a sandwich. She's like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. But like she was like, like as if she was on drugs. Like she could, she mm-hmm. was not in the moment. Um, and that was I was like, a good person would like go in, like grab some food from the back and like figure out a way to give her something. And but a person who like doesn't want to get lose their job yeah. has to do what they have to do and just kick the person out. And I'd always been stuck in manager mode at work. Whenever I'm at work, I'm I'm in, I'm in manager mode. Even when I'm like watching a theater, like watching a movie. Like on my my day off, I'm like, there's popcorn here. There shouldn't like people should be sweeping this right now. You know, like managing in my mind, and I never like think of the humanity of what I'm doing until I like there this, is no this, humanity to what you're doing. Yeah, like there's a poor homeless woman walks in and is eating garbage out of the garbage can, and I'm like, ma'am, you have to leave. Like a hum a human, I was like a good person would not do this, and I felt bad. I was like, I just gave her five bucks to go and get some food and. I felt really bad and it made me re-examine like, like you don't really realize how bad the problems in the city you live in are, are until they start like spreading to where you are. And then you have to start looking at firsthand, like all these people that are homeless and disenfranchised. And it really bothers me and it makes me like want to go do more, more of it. Um, just cause I it's a, do more homelessness. Yeah. Get more homeless. I could do that with a couple of uh, phone calls and a derailed train. You know what I'm saying? That just reminds me of um, I have a couple of friends who went to the local religious private school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to name it, named after a very large sect of a very large church. Uh, I guess all of them had to at one point live as homeless people for a day. That was part of their curriculum. Huh? Really? And at first you're like, wow, that's a good idea. But at the same time, it felt kind of messed up. Because you're going out, you're living like these people, among these people, and at the end of the day, you're dusting yourself off. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go home. I feel better about myself. Yeah. 
Like yeah. I, f- I feel better having suffered. Yeah, it, which I feel like is the like ultimate dick move. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a weird like you can't you can't just go and live in a person's shoes for a day and then go, all right, I understand, and then that's the end of the transaction. Like yeah, there got there has to be a um there has to be a better output. Like you have to be able to go in and go. I'm gonna go live for a day, and then when I'm done, I'm gonna set up something to help these people because I've seen how bad it is. Like they you can't just dust yourself off and go. All right, now nah, I'm gonna go take a shower and go watch some, read some manga in my bed. Yeah, like you can't just be, you know. Oh, I guess Christians can't read manga. Yeah, <laughs> or have fun. Anyways, um, <laughs> hey, look, I lived life. I get to say yeah. whatever I want. And Catholicism only guilt. Catholicism, dude. You ever like talk to a bunch of like um. CFF like you know like the 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 Catholic school like the Sunday school and talk to kids before like a day in class where they have to go take a test and they're like discussing the stuff in the Bible like oh yeah Jesus I could fly right never had to take a test ever oh in in my CFF classes there was like you know there was a curriculum like it was it was based in a textbook there was a, there was a curriculum there was a book but there was never any tests it yeah they were like let's read the like, next page in the book yeah there was like you know we discuss a thing and then like yeah. the next week all right we're taking a quiz on this thing. Like mine, there were readings and stuff. Mine was all readings and discussions, and that yeah. was it. And and I drove those poor people up the goddamn wall. I will say, um, I use none of it in my, I use none of it in my life. Yep. And I feel no sense of did, shame. Did I ever tell you about the greatest thing that ever happened in my CFF class? What? So what happened? for a while, we had a, a Monsignor mm-hmm. at our church. Now, for those of you who don't know, a Monsignor is um, basically like a priest plus, almost, kind of. Huh. Like they're, they're not a priest, they're not a father, but they're, I, I think they're, they're either they're a side grade or like they sit in between father and deacon. I, I don't know where they fall. A priest can be used on more than two TVs, but less than four, and with ads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, so a monsignor is it, it's 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 it might be a side grade of priest. I'm not sure, but uh, dude seemed to hold some clout within the church. Mm-hmm. And one day, the 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 teacher got very excited. They're like, "Oh my god, the monsignor is gonna come in to talk to everyone about the Bible." And most of us were like, "Okay, sure, whatever." And then there was a few kids who were like, "Yeah." <laughs> The leg rising and the <laughs> off balance. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the Monsignor comes in, and my mom found out, and a couple other parents are like, oh, I want to hear the Monsignor's thoughts on the Bible, too. So they all, the parents come in, oh, they no. sit down, and the Monsignor proceeds to talk about how the Bible is technically a work of fiction, and that many things in it did not go down the way they're written. And that it was more about taking the gist of what the Bible was saying and not what it literally said to the letter. And they probably never had that guy back again. Oh, it, no, it was, oh my God, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's, oh my God, the first time I ever heard an adult explain to another adult that there are different editions of the Bible because it's all translated. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, I'm partial to the new King James version or like, the, you know, the, the King version. And they're like, but it's the Bible. And she's like, well, no, it's actually a translated text. And over time, it's been translated 
in different and ways. Translated and mistranslated and retranslated. And tra- mistranslated off the mistranslations and then yep. retranslated once again. Yep. But in a whole different way. It's it's like those old written link sketches where you you plug things into Google Translate like three or four languages deep and then translate them back to English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's really not literal. And I'm yeah. only speaking as someone who used to be Catholic. I don't even know how we got on this topic. I'm just going to say it. I don't, you know, if Jesus was a real person, the events of the Bible are meant to be taken as stories that you apply mm-hmm. to your real life, not actual literal things that happened. Yes. And if they were, boy, do people cherry pick. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, like the, the one where it's like the, the, the one verse that condemns like gay marriage or like gay. Also condemns uh, mixed fabrics and something else that people haircuts, do. Haircuts. Haircuts. And beard trimming. Haircuts up working on Sundays. Yes. And how you should be killed for working on a Sunday, if I remember and, correctly. Yeah. And they're all like adapted into, you know, they're all adapted over time, except for the ones they know they, they believe in. And that's speaking from someone who came from a, like, I went to two different churches over my life, and uh, one of them we ended up leaving to go to another one, and the other one we ended up leaving as well. Yep. Or no, we um, no, I went to three different churches over my guys. There was one I went early on in life. There was one that I moved to to finish my um, um, okay. confirmation, and then there was a third one that we like moved to. It was when I was starting to leave. It was actually they were actually the masses were they used our campus, our high school campus. And actually, like, held the mass in the gym. Oh, or not the gym, not the gym, the um, the cafeteria. One of those churches. Yeah, like before they actually had a like standing building, mm-hmm. so they were like asking for donations to get the church built, and they raised like three million or something to to build it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a congregation of like two thousand, like it was a very small church. Hmm. Maybe two thousand was too big. Very small church. Very small raised church. enough money to get the thing built. Hmm. Now they have their own site, and that was that was the church that I went to until I then left. And I left, but then I still went with mass until I had the courage to, to tell my parents. And we brought this up on the Christmas yeah, one. Yeah, we, we talked this up. We talked yeah. about this before. But yeah, yeah. But I still have no idea now. I, now I think so, I, I don't know if Monsignor's a side grade and upgrade where it falls. Cheaper. It was like, yeah, they're all stories, and the parents were like, <laughs> explosions, and the teacher was kind of sitting over there just nervous, like, <laughs> she's like. She sees like a student like taking notes on what he's saying and she like swats it out of his hand like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I brought it up because the CFF, we had tests and yeah. there's like, if you talk to a bunch of kids who don't want to be there on Sunday school have, before they go in to take a test and they're all talking about what the test might be about or like what, what the answers could be because they know they're like, you know, oh, this is a test on this chapter mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, recalling the Bible and being very, very incorrect and being like, oh yeah, it was uh, Moses who had the animals, right? <laughs> and they're like, he, Jesus can fly, right? But Moses and his two males of every animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's no, it's like the, they showed a one clip. It was like a, a reality TV show where it's a bunch of adults, like Jersey Shore adults going like, you know, in the Bible, like, it's it was uh it was Moses who like parted the sea and she's like no Moses was the guy with the animals and the guy was like pish what the fuck did you say <laughs> that was what I said because that, that's pretty much kids before CFF I only brought that up because um I did not pay attention to a lot of stuff that I 
Meaning it was all superficial. It's like in the way that early tests and spelling tests were in elementary school. Like you should. Sure, it taught you the vocabulary, but you should learn by like making it like fun for them. Like, like I don't know if I agree with tests that just take a, you know, like oh the only reason you're studying is to pass this specific test and then never again use the information. Like mm-hmm. it should be a broader like we're gonna learn this and then apply it to real life. And then we're going to test you on how you apply it. And that's where the Shit. testing should be. Speaking of tests of application, I got to go apply for the EIT. Oh, damn. When is that? I don't know. Soon. Okay. You want to wrap this podcast up? We yeah, like an hour. I we guess. Got, this is going to be a really long one. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. I guess I won't talk about Ace Combat. Oh, shit. No. Um, fuck. Okay. That's fine. No. It's fine. We. I'm going to give you no 10 one, minutes. No one in here cares about Ace Combat. Except for me. You don't care. I played four on the PS2. Do you know how long ago four was? A long time, I understand, but I look. I played. I I played a bit of the games. I have some history with it. I may not know anything about planes. Actually, ironically, four is the one I haven't played. Oh, it's also one of the best ones. So not, I have, in a way, more street kid than you. But I've played five, the best one. Oh, well, I've played the DS one. That you didn't know there's a DS one, right? No, I did. Because mm-hmm. it's the only one that has prop planes in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's Assault Horizon. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst one. Some would say the handheld one. To be fair, it's 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 a different plot, but Assault Horizon was the worst game. Yeah. Because there was two Assault Horizons. There was the DS and the non-DS. And yeah. I played the non-DS, and <gasps> that is an example of how not to do scripted events. Okay, doc, just get into talk about it and then so, go into Ace Combat, and we'll end the episode okay. of two hours. Okay, so in Ace Combat Assault Horizon, well, we got like ten minutes. So go ahead. The entire final boss battle of the game, you can't damage the boss until a certain scripted event happens, and the certain scripted event is bullshit. Yeah, takes only it takes so long to happen. On the hardest game difficulty, um, you can't beat the game essentially. The uh, nani. <laughs> <laughs> Because what? what it is, is there's like a whole thing. I forget what, it, there was some mechanic in the game that on lower difficulties let you beat that boss. Not super easily. It's, it's, it is hands down one of the hardest like things I've ever played. But it's, it makes it possible. I think it was like health regeneration or something like that. Maybe I have that Is wrong. it one of those bullshit things where the, the boss can like... Fire backwards. Game? Bullshit. That's- the boss can fire backwards and you can't damage him until he gets to a certain line of dialogue. And it takes like six minutes for him to get to that line of dialogue. So it's just him wailing on you for six fucking minutes. So if you die, you start at the beginning and you gotta... Yeah. Bull. Yeah. Bull crap. Yeah. Fuck that game. Mm-hmm. That said, actually, the last level of Combat 7 is a whole lot of nope, go fuck yourself too, for a different reason. Because every other Ace Combat game always ends on a Death Star trench run level. Like, if you always have to... Ace Combat 6 doubles up, and you have to fly down not just one tunnel, but two tunnels in the final mission. Huh. Yeah, so that's how every game ends. Is Ace Combat 7 on Steam? It's going to be. Comes out next month on Steam. It's on consoles now, comes out on PC next month. Okay. Go ahead. Um, That said, I guess you could plug a controller into your computer, so... Play it with a controller, god damn it. Oh my god. I cannot imagine that game mouse and keyboard. I'm gonna wait for it to I'm gonna pull a Joey and wait for it on Switch. Oh god. 
I'm going to wait for Metal Gear Solid 5 on Switch. It is the It and Metal Gear Solid, funny you bring it up, are the two closest to anime things I will ever enjoy, I think. Now, you You've seen Good Burger, right? <laughs> I actually haven't. I've only seen like the first 20 minutes of Good Burger. Nani? We need to change that right now. I, I grew up without cable. It wasn't on... I watched it on VHS. Like It, it was in theaters, I think. Okay. Uh, I, I I did not go to the movies until I was of, of a certain age. I was Amish until I was 18. I, I grew up without cable. Mm-hmm. Listen, I feel like if if you grew up without cable... You didn't know who Keenan and Kel were, so there was no like, oh, I'm gonna go see Good Burger. So I, I know, I, I let's put it this way, I heard about Keenan and Kel after I started watching SNL. So when people were like, oh yeah, Keenan and Kel, I'm like, oh, you mean the guy from SNL? Yeah, and they're like, Nani? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, well, we have to have a movie day where we just watch. <laughs> you show me a movie, and then I'll show you a movie. And it's got to be like, we'll just trade oh, I'm off. I'm going to make you regret that. I'm just going to like show you 2001 or something like that. Like, and then here I'll you sh- go, three and a half hours. <laughs> the Lunch Buffet double featured 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> and then Good Burger as a cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally down. Also, I've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. So it's got to be a film I haven't seen. Okay. Uh, I got to think of another three-hour movie you haven't the first, seen. Then. The first three episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then Good Burger. No, because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is good and fun. <laughs> And Good Burger is... No, no, I mean, compared to 2001 Space Odyssey, which is long and very, like, slow and methodical. You did Blade Runner. I haven't seen Blade Runner yet. I need to watch it. Yes, 2049. I have the Blu-ray, so we can watch it here. Like, I have the the But I need to buy Good Burger on Uh, (laughs) Blu-ray. I I have the Blu-ray of 2049, (laughs) and that movie is three hours long. Yeah. Anyways. I have have the double-featured Blu-ray, like, both films. Oh, okay. Um, But sorry, go ahead, Ace Combat. Anyways, Ace Combat. So, seven... um, we go back to Strange Reel, which I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing. Okay, so that's the other thing. Ace Combat, the games take place in two two different things. Like like some take place in our world, some take place in this made up fictional world called Strange Reel, which I've debated stealing the map from in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Infinity, which it, it tries to like pull a. I don't know if you talked about it yet. Is it called Theory or Minimum or what's it called now? So it's called. Um... It's called Minimum. Minimum. Which so, is the pilot that I'm writing. Uh, in Ace Combat Infinity, they basically pulled the Minimum and merged the two worlds. So it was our Earth's map, but then some of the historical events and locations were taken from the fictional world games. Huh. Yeah, that was an interesting game. That was that one was also technically an MMO, and it had microtransactions, and it was weird. Sponsored uh, by Konami. No, it's actually it's Namco. Oh. Bandai Namco? Yeah, they're the ones who make those games or publish them. Okay, I'm uh, on board. But this one's the first first game in a while back on good old Strange Reel. You play good old Ocean Military like you do in Five, the best game. Um, Debatable. Which is the, the, they're the bad guys in Four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? I don't think I did because I didn't play Five. No, but you played Four. And yeah. Oceans are the bad guys in Four. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't play Five, so I wouldn't connect the two. No. Um, but yeah, and your uh, the story, it's kind of, it's all right. I'm gonna be honest; it didn't blow me away. Granted, those games have a very weird way of telling the story. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, so that there's the the big story moments didn't feel as impactful as they did before. 
Four of your wingmen, spoiler, die in this game. Yeah. I don't know. Meanwhile, in the fifth game, you lose one wingman, and it's a massive gut punch. In this game, you lose four wingmen, and honestly, I didn't really mourn for any of them. I feel nothing. Pretty much. I was just like, oh, that one dude died? Damn. Your blood meant nothing to me. Yeah. No, you, you, you lose- I saw your explosion. You lose four wingmen. You lose your first wingman in the second mission. I felt the blood splatter along my windshields. And I laughed. I also did not feel any remorse for losing my wingmen because uh, unlike the previous games, they do fucking nothing in this game. You literally put the entire country on your back and carry it. Like a goddamn war hero. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, so your enemies don't really dogfight. And when they do, their missile damage has been nerfed to like 5% of your missile damage. So even when they hit, it takes like many hits for them to kill something. My God. As opposed to one or two for you to kill something. Hmm. Yeah. It's true. And, the, and you, you can't. So is it not balanced? Kind of. On the harder difficulties, like right now I'm playing through on one of the higher difficulties, Um, the missile alert is just nonstop going off because no one's covering me. It's basically me versus 40 planes. Huh. Which gets really, really frustrating. I might have to pick up the other games I haven't played. And if you get, get if you right now this month, if mm -hmm. you pick up seven, you get five for free on the PlayStation. If you pick seven up for the Xbox, you get six for free. Six is the first one I played. I like six; it's very enjoyable. I also have a copy of six if you just want to borrow it. Is it for Xbox only? Uh, yeah, six is for Xbox only. Oh, uh, I don't have an Xbox. Three sixty or. Yeah, it was on 360. Oh, okay. In that case, it was yeah. on 360. If you get six, so it was one of the games that was made rever reverse compatible, and that's why if you pre-ordered or buy, uh, digitally buy seven on the Xbox, you can get six. You get six. Okay. And then five was a PlayStation only. So if you pre-order on the PlayStation, you get five. So I have, I now have like three copies of five and one copy of six, <laughs> and none of seven. I'm kidding. No, and um, I have the one of seven. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a beautiful game, though. Holy shit, the Unreal Engine really serves that game well. Did they move to Unreal? Yeah, it's the first game to use the Unreal Engine. I wonder what they used before. Probably a proprietary, like, Namco. Maybe, yeah. But holy shit, it's it's a very pretty game. Yeah. Very. I've, seen, the, I've seen screenshots of it, and I'm blown away by it. Uh, Is it the plane that's all chrome with all the reflections in it? Yeah. That's a cutscene. Aw. To be fair, you, if you... No! I have the skin because that's the other thing. If you get if you get the launch edition of the game, you get mm -hmm. that skin. It's still pretty damn good looking, even outside of the cutscenes. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll. I'm gonna wait for it to come out on PC, but I will use a controller. Okay. Because I don't. I don't like mouse control. I don't like the keyboard controls for specifically like 3D games. Yeah. No. No. If yeah. I if I could have my way, I would have a joystick in one hand and a mouse in the other. I feel like this game would not work well the joystick actually. Not like a not like a joystick like plain joystick like the one handle. Oh, but like I like the mouse. I I like the precision of the mouse for looking, but movement I like the joystick. Here, no, that's actually really bad. That's really easy for you to lose track of where you are. And in this game, that's an issue because they introduce clouds. Like there's actual weather, and there are two or three missions where if you are in the clouds and you forget which way is up, you will plow into a wall or the ground or a column or something else. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, oh, the game has some fucking, like, 
subtlety of a brick allegories for the U.S. Oh yeah, like uh, the what, you mean the current situation right now? Like like just in general, the U.S.'s foreign policy for the last forty years. Oh okay, so nothing so specific like President thing, Trump. A war breaks out. Actually, they never mention who the current president is. You only ever deal with the past president. Um, huh. Because he was the president in five, and they were like, hey, look, remember five? Remember the one everyone likes? <laughs> we're going to piggyback off that one. Yeah, no, there, there's a bunch of callbacks to five, because, I mean, you're playing for the same country you played four and five, and it's been a short enough distance of time between the two games that everyone who was in five is still around for seven. Okay. And things so like that. it's like that. a sequel to five, sort of. The sequel is very, very loose. Actually, it's more of a sequel to four. Oh. Okay. Because they keep mentioning... That's the only one I know. Because... Do you remember what the war was named in 4? Um, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. I know the general gist of it, but I don't Cause, remember... Because they keep mentioning the Continental War, which is, I think, the war in 4. Yeah. There's a, it, and has like, like, it has some cutscenes like with actual people in the in 4, right? I don't know. I haven't played 4. Oh, yeah. You haven't. Shit. No. 5 used... We, uh, we have like the least amount of information, and even less of it is useful to the other person. Uh... Five had rendered cutscenes and then a mix of comic book cutscenes, and then six had all rendered cutscenes, and then seven uses a weird mix of rendered and what looks like real life footage. Like there's mm. one scene where someone's turning a wrench, like it's a close up on it, and it looks like they just got a camera and like had someone like turn a wrench. <laughs> wow. I wonder if they Oh, and then I have to get to the craziest thing. So in one cutscene, I saw this before I knew what it was. So there's a cutscene where there's a fucking just, it's a flat image of a dog. <laughs> like, everyone else is 3D rendered, and then there's just this flat image of the dog, like, put in next to the people. Like, he's just sitting with the people. I was seeing pictures of this dog. They had just, like, cut it out and started posting, like, like pasting it into Bloodborne and all these other game screenshots. And I was like, haha, this is a funny meme. And then the next day, I picked up Ace Combat and I went to go play it and there was the fucking dog. And I was like, It was in seven? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's where it came from. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What's your dog's name? JPEG. But no, but apparently it was one of the developer's dogs, and the dog died partway through. That's development. what I remember. That's what I saw. Okay. Yeah. So I, th- I I never. I haven't seen the meme yet. I just saw the headline for that, and I haven't. I didn't, yeah. didn't click on it because I was like, I don't know what this game's referring to because it didn't show. It didn't have Ace Combat in the title. Yeah. I don't know why. Probably seemed mm-hmm. useful. That okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually excited to pick up Seven. So I want to. Yeah. But it was interesting. Gameplay is fun. It has multiplayer. The multiplayer is very bare bones right now. But it sounds like they're going to patch additional things into multiplayer as they like they're going to take the data from the initial people who play it and they're going to use that to. My biggest hope is I hope they add PVE because PVP right now is um kind of. That's what that's what War, that's what War Thunder is for. Yeah. Well, even well, it's there's that, but also it's um. The meta for PvP right now is just grind to the F-22, get one specific missile for the F-22, murder everyone who flies in front of you. Yeah, I hope they balance it. Yeah, so it needs some balancing. And then I want PvE because that's how the the one that took place in like the weird mishmash world. Yeah. That one was up. There was PvP and PvE. And that made it interesting because the PvE was still competitive in that it was two teams rushing to see who could destroy more stuff. Hmm. So there was like a fixed number of targets, and it was like get more targets than the other team. Okay. Huh. 
Which game was that again? So that, that one was Ace Combat Infinity. Okay. I didn't play that one. Yeah, that one was digital only on the PS3. Huh. I played it I played it for like the first three or four months it was out. And then yeah, I kinda... so there's some games I have to get a PS3 to play. Unless they like remaster them for later consoles. So they remastered five for the PS4. Like I okay. said, you get a copy yeah, yeah. With, with the game. Um, And that's it. Then the all Actually, P- Infinity was the only one on the PS3. The other ones were PS2 and The before. other ones were PS2 and earlier. Yeah. yeah. I thought to go track some copies down. That's the thing. When I went through and I was playing through the games again, mm-hmm. I wanted to play five. I had to go borrow Eric's PS2. Oh, yeah. I remember you bringing it. Yeah. I think yeah. you brought that up while we were hanging out and getting pizza. Yeah. So, but now yeah, I we have- We gotta go back to that place again. That was good. This, uh, the name rhymes with peeve. <gasps> oh, wait, wait. We went to that place when we were talking about, and I was talking to you guys about The Last of Us, and then Eric Eric brought up that he had a PS3 if he wanted to borrow it. I thought that was at Bam Post. <laughs> it might have been at that other place, the one over by the Gelk, yeah. Gelk Drove. Yeah, that Bam Post. No, not that one. The It wasn't a Bam Post. It was a bar, like near the sports bar drink. The, <gasps> oh, oh. Yeah, that place. Yeah, we got to go there again. Yeah, Hell, let's was- go there right now. Not right now. Why not? Because I gotta, I, I can't, I can't be eating out so much. That's true. But I, I have, I have, I use my allotment for the week. Oh, to get Taco Bell. Oh, oh. And yeah, I regret it. Let's get Shando's. Not right now. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Like on this later this week. Okay. And we'll get food. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But uh, podcast over. God, I had more thoughts <laughs> on Ace Combat Seven, but my biggest gripe though is yeah, the fucking wingmen are useless. And it's very annoying. Uh, yeah. I, oh. I'm, I can't wait to pick. I will say, um, I, I remember the story being bonkers a bit. They're always a little bonkers. Okay. So it's not, so it's not just me recalling her incorrectly. No, like I said, it's the closest I will get to like an anime <laughs> plot that I can enjoy. What is this? An animu? What do you want yeah. to mangoes? Oh no, there is straight up a scene where there's a guy and he's like on the, on one side and then like he sits there and like, a little girl goes, how could you? And he just takes off his glasses dramatically and goes, you're right. And then he switches sides, like right there, <laughs> which to me is like the most <laughs> anime scene ever. <laughs> like, I don't know why I associate that, like, turn around, like, I was a bad guy, but I guess I'm a good guy now. Like, I, that, that to me, it seems to be like an anime trope in my mind for some reason. Yeah. So. Really is. Um, but yeah. on that note. Uh, this is probably a two-hour episode of the Lunch Buffet. Uh, You're welcome. Holy, holy shit, two episodes. That you're means we're taking next week off. <laughs> well, we'll we'll figure All it out. All because I wanted to talk about my shitty flying game. <laughs> it's not a shitty game. It's just that it's the closest to anime that you'll ever enjoy. Yeah. Okay, but no, no. It's it's in terms of like as a simulator, it's a shitty simulator. Oh every, yeah. Every plane flies the same. Yeah. I mean, which is why I can stunt on fools in my f-104 while they're flying like brand new f-22s and i'm just like because you gotta i guess ah. i guess maybe they balance it from pvp and then no put, the planes fly exactly the same as they do in the campaign that's what i'm saying like they balance it so they all fly the same no, but the then game, in game they're not the game's always kind of like there's been there is some difference between planes like oh some are slightly more maneuverable than others but they are all way more maneuverable than they actually are in real life <laughs> yeah they're not they're not exactly scientifically accurate yeah, but no. they're fun they're fun so if you want scientifically accurate, I mean, even War Thunder's not that accurate, but it's more accurate. Yeah. If you guys want accurate uh, simulations, 
Um, go, to, go to anchor.fm slash lunch buffet. No, there's no flight a, simulators there. No, not flight. I can, just life simulators. Oh, if you no. want, re, if you want recorded life simulators ah. in your in your ear for an hour, um, anchor.fm slash lunch buffet. You can you can subscribe there anywhere on Spotify, iTunes. You guys can follow us on Twitter um, at the lunch buffet. Uh, tweet us topics and stuff, and we're gonna start getting more active over there. If try you, to get people to like bring comments and stuff. If you play Ace Combat and you're halfway decent, um, tweet at me. So that maybe we can squad up because oh my god, some of these people are so bad. I had one match, our team score was eighty thousand. Seventy five thousand of those points were just me. Yeah. You gotta gotta carry the team on your back sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god, I did. I carried us <laughs> to victory and it was great. So yeah. But at the same time, it was like at one point it was four on one because my team were just off in the corner circle jerking each other and it was just like me against the entire enemy team. Yeah. That happens. But, but hey. look, when it happens, just remember, the rest of the group project, the points will all but, go to you. Hey, you know what? That means I'm going to get that emblem you get for getting so many MVPs in a match. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to get? No emblem. Wins on their yeah, record? Yeah, they get wins on their record. And that's it. And they're like, I'm so good, I have 700 wins. But how many L's you got? Well, we don't talk about those. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. Peace. My butt hurts. And that's where I end the recording.